Fresno. Welcome to Life, Family, Liberty, a weekly radio show and podcast from California Family Council. No headphone sound for John. Uh, I can hear myself, so let me see if we can figure that out. It's just radio. That's all right. I don't need to hear myself. What's what's the big deal? Come on. Anyway, uh, folks, we will uh, we'll keep working on that. As as often happens on Monday, sometimes you run into some slight speed bumps, some slight glitches first thing on a Monday morning. But that's okay. We're going to press through. We're going to soldier on. um, And I think, John, that. No matter what technical problems we face, I think we are still having a better Monday than the governor of Virginia. Yes, indeed. Uh, the governor of Virginia, who followed up his um, comments on fourth trimester abortions, more or less, um, <laughs> saying that eh, maybe a doctor and a doctor and the patient should just kind of talk talk among themselves about you know what to do if a baby has survived an abortion and is outside of the womb. Uh, followed that up by having his old medical school yearbook photos leaked which i didn't even realize medical school yearbooks were a thing but uh <laughs> and you're the you're the son of two doctors so actually that's... after this incident um my uh, we went by the way john girardi from right to life of central california and jonathan keller from california family council here um after this incident my parents who are both doctors they got out their old medical school yearbook and uh, they were looking through it just to make sure nobody, um, <laughs> just to make sure that uh, there was nobody there who uh, dressed up in blackface or in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. So anyway, um, but yeah, the governor of Virginia not having a great time. Seems like he still has not resigned, though. So, yes. yes. And uh, I'm just looking at a story from The New York Times saying that the the governor's decision to not resign is throwing the Democrats in Virginia and really nationally into chaos. Um, John, I, I just have to give a, a, a side note. As you know, here on Life, Family, Liberty, we generally focus on three issues, namely life, family, and liberty, uh, hence the name of the show. That being said, we are not uh, immune or we do not ignore the larger political context of what is going on. And uh, it's, it's incredible to me to see how this story has blown up beyond even the abortion story. And I, I have to say, there, there's probably no politician happier in the state of Virginia right now than Kathy Tran, the delegate who introduced <laughs> that, <laughs> that late-term late abortion, abortion law. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's amazing how Governor Northam has completely, you know, both the comments he made on the radio show uh, and now they essentially led to the discovery of his yearbook. Um, well, it, it's, it's really com- a sad thing that stating publicly that you are okay with a born alive American citizen, that is a child who survived an abortion, a third trimester abortion, who is now born, who is outside of the womb, who is a citizen now, <laughs> who has the full suite of rights of any American child, um, that you're okay with not giving that child life-sustaining treatment. That wasn't the statement that sunk his political career. Yes. Uh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I think it's totally fair for a photo of you as an adult dressed up either as a Ku Klux Klansman or in blackface to sink your political career. I think that's perfectly legit. John, but that, that's also an interesting point. You, you notice in all the discussion when he initially apologized for the photo, and maybe this is why he didn't say it at the time, but he didn't, when he initially apologized and said, I'm sorry, I know this is offensive, he didn't say which character he was in the photo. He didn't say, I'm the yeah. guy in blackface, or I'm the guy in the white hood. Leaving, leaving open the possibility that 
that he thinks he could have been both? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is a great question. And I, you know, if that is the question that you are getting asked, probably not a very good day for you. And no. probably does not look incredibly good for your uh, future political chances. I mean, yeah. people were already, John, actually talking about him as a potential vice presidential nominee. Yeah. Uh, someone who is a, a moderate Southern Democrat who's got an accent well, yeah, and, and military veteran and I mean, doctor. He, he endorsed George W. Bush, I think, both times. Uh, both mm -hmm. times George W. Bush ran. So he, he's he's fairly moderate, I guess not on the question of abortion, when where, again, it seems like he endorses fourth trimester abortions. Uh, but... He's uh, yeah, that that all that stuff is is done for now. Um, but it was bizarre how it, his first statement was that he was not that he admits he was one of the people in that photo. And then he later said, no, I wasn't either of the people in that photo, but I did have a prior thing where I dressed up in blackface to be Michael Jackson. Um, so which was like, well, thank you for copying to something no one was even accusing you of this that didn't seem necessary but thanks for just reaffirming to all of us that you're really probably not fit to be uh, the governor of a state yes and uh, John it, it's amazing to me because this was all happening as we were doing our show last week it feels like it has been like a month in the pro-life arena uh, it, it feels like it has been you know, just a, an extremely long time. And yet we do not have, uh, we, we did not talk about Kathy Tran's late term abortion bill. Um, yeah. you and I have talked about it you know, we, we, we've done some other things. We've got an event actually coming up in Fresno later this week to talk about it. Yes. But this has been in, in some ways, although it's maybe been the longest week of Ralph Northam's political career. Um, it, it also feels kind of that way with, uh, with this pro-life issue. I, I have been shocked in a good way, but really shocked at how um, how energized the pro-life side has, has gotten over yeah, this. Yeah. I, I mean, I have started to see people, I, as an example, I had a friend in high school, not in high school, in college, um, who I went to Fresno Pacific with. Uh, we, we walked down the aisle, graduated. Um, you didn't walk down the that, aisle that's with true. this person. I guess you, you, we you, walked you, across the stage. Yeah, you, you, I knew, yeah, I'm you like, that's the wrong the analogy. <laughs> I walked down the aisle with my wife, Julia, and son yeah, Hudson, who are probably go. listening right now. There you um, go. I walked across the stage. Well, you didn't walk stage. down the aisle with, with Hudson. That's, he, he was, that's true. He, he wasn't even a gleam in your eye you know, at that point. You uh, know, let me just back up and go back. So, anyway. They gave you a radio show? Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. friend Kelly, uh, she and I went to college together. I'll just leave it at that. Um, she, I had probably, I mean, I've, I'd seen her maybe, you know, once or twice in the uh, 10 years since we uh, graduated, 2009. Um but not very often, you know, it'd been, it'd been a handful of times here or there. She has now moved out of state. She is somewhere in the Midwest now. She got, uh, got married and moved like to Missouri or something. She sent me an email yesterday, John, and was like, I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing. I want to let you know, you know, don't get discouraged. And the, uh, the mission that, that you and, you know, all of your colleagues have in defending the right to life is so important. And I was thinking, you know, Kelly was a, uh, she was a, uh, a Christian lady, a real sweet gal, um, and pro-life. She actually had me come and speak to her son's um, high school club uh, at public oh, cool. school on one morning about abortion. But she wasn't by any means like an activist. She'd never, yeah. she, she's probably, I've not seen her in probably at least five years, mm -hmm. not heard any contact from her. I think we're friends on Facebook, but it's one of those things where random people emailing you coming out of the woodwork. Oh yeah. 
We got random people calling us to write to Life of Central California, just like, this is horrible. What can, what can we do? What can we do? Um, and maybe later in the show, we'll talk about uh, some of the proposals I'd, I'd like to see us try to do, because I think there are some things we can do, even in California, uh, that could be tangible and beneficial. Well, and that's part of what I wanted to talk about, John. I was looking here to see the, um, I was trying to find a specific message that we received that um, I'm not seeing yet, but um, I had someone that specifically, yeah, here we go, uh, Gail messaged us about an hour ago. And this is a little bit heartbreaking, but I think it's an important thing for us to address. She said, what can we do to keep California from going completely off the deep end in regard to abortion like New York and other states? Write letters, demonstrate anything. Can anything be done to reverse at least those needless late-term abortions allowed by other states? I know states' rights are important, but some things affect the entire nation, and I thought federal law superseded state law. But maybe that's only when conservative states are in power. Touche. <laughs> um, maybe all maybe all of this seesawing every two years is what keeps our country in such chaos. That's uh, actually a, got a, point. a great point. And, John, if only we had a an educated attorney who could speak to some of these constitutional issues about states' rights and um, well, federal supremacy. It. and Well, I'll step up to the plate. I'll, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an educated attorney, but <laughs> doggone it, here you, I am. You did pass a bar exam. I passed a bar exam. I passed two bar exams. Yeah, there you go. There He's you a go. double bar I'm guy. a Massachusetts lawyer and a California lawyer. It, because so if, there if, you go. if you can't practice law or you don't want to practice law in one blue state, why not practice it in the other yes, most I blue state? I was really so. leaving the frying pan going into the fire with that one. So. so when we come back, we are going to try to address Gail's question. I do not know if Gail is listening or if she's watching, but we are going to shared this video with her so that hopefully Gail you'll be able to get some of your questions answered I think there are things we can do in California um, there are things we can do federally nationally and we will discuss all of those when we come back from today's break on today's episode of Life Family Liberty Family Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you today on this Monday morning, the day after the Super Bowl, the 4th of February. Uh, wanted to remind everybody, actually, if you are not aware, tomorrow is the State of the Union. It, it kind of is a little bit of whiplash because we did not have a State of the Union originally scheduled because of the shutdown. Well, or I should put it this way. We had a State of the Union scheduled. Then Nancy Pelosi said, well, maybe we won't be able to do it. And then Trump said, well, then maybe you won't go on your plane trip. And then Nancy Pelosi said, no, for real, you're not going to do it. And then the shutdown was canceled for three weeks. They reopened the government. They paid people. And now the State of the Union is back on. So it is tomorrow. Um, I'm looking at a news ticker right here that says all day coverage tomorrow, which is basically true. Um, it is uh, like the Super Bowl of political coverage. Everybody talks about it, what's going to be said, what's going to happen, uh, even though a lot of times what is actually said does not matter all that much. Um, it will be very interesting with the hammers rhetorically that Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump have been throwing at each other over the last few weeks over the shutdown and calling each other dumb and stupid and everything. Uh, it will be fascinating to see how they 
how they interact and deal with that. Because generally what happens is the Speaker of the House is seated directly behind the president during the State of the Union. So from an optics perspective, um, that will be a... uh, a very interesting thing to see the Nancy Pelosi rictus grin yeah. uh, frozen frozen on her face and to see how people respond to that. So, yes. Um, anyway, we... Hey, I'm back. Oh, hey, John. Yeah, w- sorry. I was just filling a little bit of time there. Talking... There uh, the, the State of the Union should be interesting. Uh, John, I will say one thing that's interesting. I, I actually think that... Um, I just saw a ticker up here that said five big themes, and they say national security, you know, border security, jobs, blah, blah, blah. One thing that I had heard someone say over the weekend was that Trump was wanting to add in, because of all of these controversies the last week, he was wanting to go uh, heavy the, on the, the pro-life angle. Yeah, he really should. I mean, it's a winning issue. I mean, late-term abortion is not a winning issue for the Democrats. Like, if you look at national polling, and fortunately, just this past January, we had some national polling from the Marist Institute, um, only 14% of Americans think uh, third trimester abortions are okay. Even only 25% of self-identified Democrats think that third trimester abortions are okay. So if President Trump wants to bring that up in the State of the Union, I mean, that's going to just be a home run. Like, there's... And I bet he will. I think he has enough political sense to kind of get that this is this is a winning issue for him and it's a loser issue for the Democrats. Well, and, and that's the big thing, John. Not just that it's a winning issue for him because I know he thinks, well, look, you know, the my base really loves the wall, for example. And and again, at California Family Council, at Right to Life Central California, neither of our organizations take a, a particularly uh, specific position on border security or, or immigration, immigration or anything, anything like that. But, but as a political matter, President Trump really likes to hammer some of those issues because he knows, all right, this is an issue that my base is with me, and I'm going to just rile up you know, the 25% of the country that this is their biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Um, on the abortion issue, though, John, th- this is something that isn't just a 25% hardcore issue. Yeah. Like, like you said, the Marist poll, what, what was the number? It was only 14% of Americans support third trimester abortions. And it's even only, I forget if it's of pro-choice Americans or Democrats, only 25% of them support third trimester abortions. So it, it's In a other words, tiny percentage of the country. 75% are with us on this issue. Even of pro-choice people or Democrats. And if you're just talking about the country more generally, it's like 86% so I, I think the key there, John, is that if we're if we're looking at a a way to demonstrate the radical extremism of the abortion industry, and, and really it, it is an abortion industry. When you, when you have people sometimes go, well, that's you know, why are you using that type of language? Well, when Planned Parenthood is both receiving over half a billion dollars and is spending dozens of millions of dollars in the uh, in an effort to influence policy, um, it is an industry. It is a give and take industry, and I, I think this is something that a lot of uh, a lot of conservatives would do very well to point out the fact that there is a there's this incestuous relationship, and. 
Planned Parenthood and NARAL were the only people that were there testifying in favor of Delegate Kathy Tran's abortion bill. Um, it, it was absolutely despicable and atrocious what that bill would have done. Um, I, I don't know that I can play audio for us today. I'll see maybe if in the next segment we can get to that. But, John, I wanted to go back to something that we talked about in the last segment. Um, mm-hmm. we, we were what mentioning, can we do? What can we do? And uh, I wanted to talk about it both on a, a community level for people who are listening here in Fresno. I know there's an event coming up on Thursday I want you to cl- plug. But then yes. after you plug that, uh, w- what beyond that in the state of California and more broadly? can we do yeah now obviously politically speaking in california it's going to be hard to advocate even against third trimester abortion and frankly a lot of the things that the new york and virginia proposals were legalizing are already legal in california so for example um having non-doctors perform abortions already legal in california um So I I think there are a couple of things that we can do. First of all, to get better educated about what our Supreme Court jurisprudence actually does. Because what's really happening right now is you have these state lawmakers, these liberal state lawmakers, and it's not just New York and Virginia. It's, It's now expanding to Vermont and Rhode Island. They're trying to basically codify in state law what is already required by Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, okay? What people don't understand is that Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which is now kind of the controlling abortion Supreme Court case, more so than Roe. Planned Parenthood versus Casey says states can ban abortion after viability, which is roughly 23 weeks or so. States can ban abortion after viability only if there is a health exception included, okay? Now, that health exception was defined by Doe versus Bolton, which was the sister case of Roe v. Wade released on the same day in 1973. And it defined health in this incredibly broad fashion to include mental health, psychological health, emotional health, and even familial health. Like, my family dynamic will be upset if I have this abortion. So... Essentially, if you can only ban abortion if you have this health exception, and literally every single pregnancy falls into the health exception, basically you cannot ban third trimester post-viability abortions uh, because you have to have this health exception that's so broad it basically swallows the whole rule. So what the what pro-choice forces in all of these different state legislatures are doing right now, they're seeing that Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey are at risk right now because of Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch being on the Supreme Court. So they are rushing to codify the requirements of Planned Parenthood versus Casey and Roe v. Wade into their state law so that if the Supreme Court reconsiders, it won't actually affect what they are doing. It won't actually affect their state law because the Supreme Court is likely only to say, well, every state can decide for themselves what they want to do. And um, and so these states will have these really extreme abortion laws already in place. So that's kind of what's happening. We need to keep ourselves informed about what is actually really going on and continue our fight that the pro-life side has taken up for years to have a better Supreme Court. Now, there's one thing I think we could work on locally and on a statewide level even that I think could be pretty tangible. And that's this thing called perinatal hospice. Hmm. Okay. Perinatal hospice is basically hospice care for 
parents who are expecting and who receive a fatal prenatal diagnosis for their baby. And late tri- late term abortions are chosen for a number of reasons, but it's, it's sometimes it is chosen for these kinds of cases. The baby has a fatal diagnosis already, so they say, well, why not just terminate the pregnancy, end the pregnancy, whatever, so that you don't have to go through the process of blah, blah, blah. So rather than kill the baby, there's the option of, pre- of perinatal hospice, where the parents and go through the process of preparing for the child to be born and then shortly after to die, where they are able to deal with the grieving process. There are local agencies that provide perinatal hospice, like Heinz Hospice, that's one of the services they provide. And in the state of Indiana, they passed a bill where parents were given information about perinatal hospice, that parents are required to be given information about perinatal hospice when they receive a fatal prenatal diagnosis. That legislation passed the legislature in Indiana on a bipartisan basis because it's just information. It doesn't force anyone to do anything. Really, it's genuinely pro-choice because it gives you a choice. So one thing we could do is work with our local lawmakers, our statewide lawmakers, to try to introduce and pass a similar piece of legislation. And we at Right to Life of Central California, and I'm sure CFC, are going to try to do exactly that. And again, that is something that is probably not a 75% issue. That's like a 99% issue. Right. So, folks, we'll keep talking about that. We want to talk a little bit more big picture about what exactly these laws from New York and Virginia mean. Why they're, John said why they're being introduced, but what are they? We'll talk about that when we come back on Life, Family, Liberty. host, Jonathan Keller. Happy to be with you here in studio in Fresno, California. Happy to be here with uh, John Girardi from Right to Life Central California. Always good to be here. So, uh, John, we were talking in the last segment about the information regarding these crazy new laws in Virginia and New York and everything else. And I wanted to play real quick a future show, I think maybe next week, I'm going to try to get on uh, one of my friends, Allison Sintafonte, who is from Live Action. She works with Lila Rose over there. Um, and they've been talking about this. They actually did a rally in Virginia talking about these crazy laws and how bad they are and why it was important to stand up against them. But I wanted to just play a very short clip from Allison's uh, speech at the rally. Um, as you might imagine, that some of the people on Facebook are putting it in traditional um, Facebookian style language. Pro-life activist dismantles leftist argument. Very, you know, so it's like that. But this is actually very, it's actually very, very good. Um, And I want you just to hear her real quick. Again, her name is Allison Sintafonte. And I want you to just listen to what is being advocated. And I want to read something, John, that references back what you said about perinatal hospice. But here's my friend Allison. Now, you'll hear, as many of you, of you have, as you've posted on Facebook, you've talked about this, this idea that, well, it's only happening in rare cases. It's only happening when the life and health of the mother is at risk. So I just want to address that this morning. I want to equip you to, to push back on that. 
We've done some great reporting at liveactionnews.org. You can go online and find others up here who have done the same. OBGYNs across the country are affirming that there is no medical need for abortion. Right. We must applaud that. We must affirm that. We should always seek to love them both and save them both. There are tragic cases of tragic uh, disabilities and deformities. But as it's been brought up today, let me remind you, during a third trimester abortion, a baby is lethally injected with a poison called digoxin, and it ends their heartbeat. Labor is then induced. This baby is still delivered. Why not give a fully viable baby the chance at life? And there's your uh, there's your crazy sound effects at the end. But Ooh. I think the the point that she makes, John, is absolutely true. In a lot of cases, people I think assume for some reason I I want to be sensitive and gracious here because I I know that there are many people that come to a pro-choice position out of what they believe is a sense of compassion and I just want to care for women and you know I I can't imagine some person having to go through this this very difficult traumatic tragic experience. I respect that. I understand that. But having an abortion does not magically wish a baby away. It does not make you go, oh, well, I just, you know, I, I just take this pill and poof, the baby's gone. It's, it's a miracle. Uh, I just take this little shot and poof, uh, there's no more pregnancy and uh, everything goes back to normal. That's, no. not, that's not what happens. No. Um, I, I can tell you from my own personal experience, my wife and I, before we were blessed to have our son Hudson, uh, we experienced two miscarriages. And I can tell you that even at a very early stage, at six and a half weeks, uh, a, a, a quote unquote natural miscarriage is not a simple, painless walk in the park, easy thing. It is traumatic. It is right. emotional. It is painful. It is difficult. <clears throat> And the fact, as Allison's pointing out here, what this bill would have done in Virginia had it been passed and what the bills in New York, what the bill in New York did do was it essentially removed any minor safeguards. It was already legal, John, as you mentioned, because of Doe versus Bolton and Roe v. Wade. It was already legal for second and third trimester late term abortion to occur. Mm -hmm. But this just completely removed even the the facade of safeguards the facade of um regulations or restrictions right and as we saw i I won't play the audio because i'm sure many of you have heard it by now but we might we might play it next week we'll see but kathy tran when she was being asked about this she specifically was asked what about if it's so late that the mother is literally in labor She's she's di- yeah. she's, dilating. she's dilating. Yeah. Would you uh, would you be allowed to kill the child at this point? And if a woman's said, mental health yes. was compromised. Yes. Yeah. And, and she said yes. She said yeah. My bill would allow that. My bill would allow that. And as Allison is pointing out here, in these late term situations, the the baby still has to be delivered. The mother still has to go through labor. So at this Why point, not just deliver the baby. Yeah. Th- the right to abortion is so often. Um, defined in our culture as a right to, quote, not be pregnant, unquote. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in this case, you are still going through labor. And, and if you are demanding, if you are advocating a state right or a federal right to have a third trimester abortion, you are actually demanding a right to a dead child. You're not right. demanding the right to not be pregnant. You're not demanding right. the right to not go through labor. You're demanding You're going through labor. Yeah. Yes. Whether you're, you, yeah. You're uh, de- and that's the other thing, like, 
there the left is a little schizophrenic about how it argues for these things one of the ways they argue about is well there there are barely any states that even do third trimester abortions why are you so concerned about it blah 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 just for a sense of scale yes relative to the general numbers of how many abortions happen there aren't very many late-term abortions there aren't very many abortions that happen after during viability or after 20 weeks of pregnancy let's say um it's still like 15,000 a year okay and that's from the Guttmacher Institute which is super pro-choice super lefty um that they are a research institute that used to be officially affiliated with Planned Parenthood that's designed to research statistics and stuff relating to these kinds of issues uh, regarding abortion and the uh, prenatal health care blah 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 um 15,000 late-term abortions a year, which is more than all of the people killed with firearms annually. Okay, in 2016, there were, there were I don't want to say only, because it's still a lot of people, there were 11,000 people who died from uh, firearms in 2016. Yeah. 15,000 late-term abortions versus 11,000 gun deaths. Now, again, this is not to say gun deaths are cool and fine and let's not worry about them you know it's bad but there are more late-term abortions than there are gun deaths and yet we have a huge raging ongoing national debate about gun policy and and totally fine let's let's have a big national debate about gun control let's have a debate about gun policy let's go for it but if we're going to do that we should also probably be talking about late-term abortion because that's killing more people even than firearms Absolutely. And, and I think there's no denying that. And I think, John, it is just frustrating. I realize that all of us are hypocrites in a million different ways in our own lives. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to be uh, consistent in all areas, but it is just very frustrating when when we see not just a status quo, but we see an effort to expand abortion so dramatically, so drastically uh, in these different ways. Um, John, I, I want to talk a little bit. Of, we, we mentioned it very briefly in the last segment, but uh, before we come up to our, our final segment, this is the penultimate segment. Um, tell us about the event on Thursday night. All right. Because I so, am looking forward to that. Everyone in the sound of our voice, listen up. Thursday night, 530 to 7 p.m. at the offices of Harris Construction in Fresno. Just Google it. Harris Construction. Here, well, Jonathan can pull up the... Uh, I can I can pull up the event address uh, on my own here. Harris Construction in Fresno, uh, which is over by the airport. Um, we are going to have a community forum on late-term abortion laws. It's going to be hosted by Right to Life of Central California. Jonathan Keller and I, the, the two the two goofballs you've been listening to this whole radio show, will be sort of leading the panel discussion on late-term abortion laws. Um, the address is 5286 East Home Avenue, Clo- uh, Fresno 93727. It's over by the airport. Um, so again, come to our community forum at Harris Construction, 5286 East Home Avenue in Fresno. Uh, and for more details, if you want to learn more about it, just give us a call at Right to Life, 229-2229. That's 229-BABY. Uh, or you can email us at info at righttolifeca.org or info at rtlcc.org. Okay? Community forum on late-term abortion laws this Thursday, 5.30 to 7. Be there, be square. We'll talk about what these laws are, what they do, and what we can do to fight back. And, and especially going back to the last segment, John, where we talked about Kathy 
uh, asking what can we do in California to make sure that California does not become New York. Well, bad news, good news. Bad news is essentially more, everywhere is New York. more or less everywhere is New York um, because of the way Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton are put together. The good news is, John, as you mentioned, there are, I think, some practical things we can do that we'll talk about on Thursday to help stop that and help uh, at least raise awareness in a good way. We'll be back with our final segment on today's episode of Life, Family, Liberty. Jonathan Keller, happy to be with you today. John, there are some weeks that are, you know, really fun weeks and there's, you know, lots of interesting, fast paced news. There are other weeks that are full weeks, but the, the topics are just so heavy. That's that's kind of how I feel a little bit this week. Yeah, um, I thought the Super Bowl stunk, too. <laughs> that's yeah, I know. If only we have the benefit of just doing a sports talk show and we could talk about the commercials. And uh, yeah. I, I will say, John, there is a pro-life angle. I don't know. Oh, you, you yeah, were, here we go. You were busy talking or you said you were busy cooking and stuff, so you might not have seen this, but. Um, um, did you did you happen to see the Microsoft commercial uh, with the disabled kid? Who yes, was, um, who was uh, helped by Microsoft to yes. destroy his brain with video games? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, it was wonderful. No, it, it was actually yeah, it's nice. It whatever. was a it was a great commercial about um, accessibility, and they were talking yeah. about oh, you know, you know, if you want kids to be able to be normal and to be play Microsoft work so that kids across the world can, you know, play games together yeah. and, you know, get to know each other better and blah, blah, blah. You know what else would help kids to be normal? Reading books. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, playing yeah. Fortnite. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was a sweet commercial. It showed yeah. the it showed the value of human life. And yeah, that's, it, that's nice. That's I nice. was I was grateful for I, it. I just so. kind of hate Microsoft. Well, okay, Microsoft also has these other commercials about Microsoft AI, which I feel like uh, you know, having read the book 1984, I'm, I'm, I'm in no way favorable towards AI in any way, shape or form. I'd be like, I basically take Will Smith's position for the first half of I, I robot, robot that basically this is terrible. And why are we doing this? And robots are bad and AI is bad. They have these ads about Microsoft AI and it's the rapper common who's like kind of talking about it, but sort of sing songy rapping about, saying a spoken word like poem yes, about it yes. and it's so annoying slam poetry and it's like why are you doing slam poetry which is like this oh hip uh like uh you know fight the power sort of thing for literally like one of the biggest corporations in the shilling for one of the biggest corporations in the world just shilling so that people can buy stock in the biggest corporations in the world because it's talking about microsoft ai not like you know a microsoft product actually it's it's just like you know, invest Believe in Microsoft, in what we do. Yes. So it's, gosh, I, I friggin' <laughs> can't stand Microsoft and, and I hate those dumb commercials. Uh, well, I will say this one commercial was very good. I appreciate right. it. I thought it was, I thought it was good, but, um, All right. so we can shift away. I wish we could spend the time talking about, um, John's per, uh, opinions on tech companies <laughs> and, uh, the Super Bowl. There you go. But I wanted to play again. I, I played a clip from the rally that my friend, uh, Allison Santafonte from live action spoke in, but uh, a little bit later, she was also on with, uh, Shannon Bream. She was on Fox news and, uh, did a great response just about what this bill would have actually done in Virginia had it been passed. And thank goodness it had been 
it, ha- it, it was stopped. It was laid on the table um, at, with a party line vote. But, John, the reality is this bill, I think, would have gone into effect if the Democrats controlled both houses of the legislature. Oh, I yeah, think the definitely. G- Governor Northam, who is subject of all the controversy, would have signed the bill. And this is why. Allison makes, I think, an absolutely tragically fantastic point. To, uh, another yeah. hot topic the president's been talking about. Allison, I want to start with you here. These comments from the Virginia governor. And this is Shannon Bream introducing it. Clarified. He has said those who suggest that he is talking about infanticide are, should be ashamed. That's not what he's doing. He's a pediatric neurologist. He spent his life helping kids. Uh, but there are a lot of people now saying that they think the Democrats should have to step up. And I think this is interesting. Um, Henry Rogers, who is with the Daily Caller, Capitol Hill reporter, he, much like our Peter Ducey today, was chasing around Democrats on the Hill to get them to respond. Henry Rogers says this. I just spoke with over 10 Democratic senators in the past two hours. Not one of them would acknowledge Governor Northam's comments on late-term abortion. Every one of them denied ever hearing them. <laughs> Allison. Well, they can't condemn what Governor Northam said because it's in the Democratic Party platform to support abortion without restrictions. This is what abortion without restrictions looks like. It's abortion through all nine months. It's abortion funded by the taxpayer dollar. And that's all Governor Northam did. He told the truth about the Democratic Party's platform. And you have to ask, how did we as a country get here where we're talking about third trimester abortions on fully viable babies. We got here because the Democrat Party takes their marching orders from groups like Planned Parenthood, who'd rather make access more important than safety. And this is what no restrictions on abortion looks like. It looks like allowing it through all nine months. There is no medical reason for abortion, and particularly in the third trimester, on a fully formed baby. There you go. I, I think... I, I really like Allison. She's really smart and sweet, uh, sweet lady um, and got to hang out with her and her husband, David, who uh, is a FBI agent working there in the nation's hey, capital there you go. Um, when I was back there at the March for Life. But, John, it, it's so true. The fact that um, the fact that Planned Parenthood donated over two million dollars to Ralph Northam's campaign for governor. Mm-hmm. He was they were Planned Parenthood was his second largest donor. Yeah. Yeah, through through various funds and packs and all kinds of stuff to get around, you know, uh, limitations on political spending. But yeah, it, and the thing I loved about this, well, not loved, but the thing I found amusing about this story was, here's Governor Northam. He literally comes on a radio show and says, well, if a baby has survived an abortion, then the doctor and the parents would have a discussion and blah, 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 blah about whether to continue giving uh, life-sustaining care. Uh, and... He, so he's talking about not providing health care to a baby that just survived an abortion. So, which is not a conversation you would have to a baby who was just born about whether or not you would provide life-sustaining health care. Um, you're talking about neglecting and leaving to die a baby that survived an abortion. Yeah, that's infanticide. And to for him to act like, how d- I can't believe the Republicans are even going so far as to suggest that this pediatrician supported infanticide. Yeah, well, only based on his actual words that came out of his mouth. I mean, how how unfair of us to actually listen to what you said and then call it the appropriate name. It, it, It turns into basically a semantics thing where basically Governor Northam and his few remaining left wing allies are just trying to redefine what infanticide means. Um, does it mean letting fully foreign babies who survived an abortion, leaving them to die? Um, I, I often, I would 
generally before this debate, I always would have defined it that way, as I'm sure 99% of Americans would. But, uh, oh, no, apparently if a Democrat governor suggested it, then no, 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 it's not infanticide. He's a pediatrician, for God's sake. As if there hasn't, haven't been bad pediatricians who killed infants. Yes. So, anyway, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of an interesting, it, it, it's, it would be humorous if it wasn't so obviously grotesque and horrifying. And I, I loved what uh, Ben Shapiro said. He was he was talking about this on his Facebook live show uh, a couple of weeks ago. No, not a couple of weeks ago. I guess it was on I guess it was on Tuesday of last week um, uh, when all of this came out. And you and I, John, were both grateful people were talking about it. But but we were also a little bit incredulous of that. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the 2016 Democratic Party platform. I mean, what did you think was going to happen? Ben Shapiro's episode title was whoops. They said it out loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what is happening here. Um, they said it out loud. And that's why we're going to be getting together this Thursday night. That's why we encourage all of you sign up on our website, sign up on our Facebook page. John, one more time. Thursday night, Harris Construction. Give us a call to get more information, 229-2229, Community Forum on Late-Term Abortion. Folks, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, God bless, and please share. We'll be with you next week on Life, Family, Liberty.